This is Jeremy Shifflett, and you are listening to The First Deal Show. Welcome to The First Deal Show with your host, Caroline with a K. On this show, we're talking about investors' first investment property. Join me for a trip down memory lane as we hear the good, bad, and ugly of that first deal. before the new year, but it's all good. So today I've got a special guest, Jeremy Shiflett, who is a property manager and real estate agent, but also a real estate investor who has decided or who who has honored me and graced me with his presence coming on to do the show super last minute. So thank you so much, Jeremy, for coming on to the show. You're welcome. Uh, So we're going to get started, as always, the 402 with the Kiss Me segment. We're going to warm you up, Jeremy, to get you comfortable and ready to get into your first deal. So what was the first album that you purchased? The first album that I purchased would probably be Jimmy Buffett. Change in Latitude, Changes in Attitude. Nice. I like that title. And what was the biggest challenge that held you back from investing in real estate? Um, Location, I guess. Uh, I was very specific about what I was looking for, and until it came available, I wasn't going to make any moves. Oh, interesting. So why did you... So when you say location, do you mean that it had to be local to you, or what? Like, what's the thought process behind that? So being in property management, uh, I wanted to make sure that I was in a certain community, or I was in a certain condo association, and... Um, yeah, before I decided to actually pull the trigger, I wanted to make sure that that's where I was. It didn't really matter which building, one bedroom, two bedroom, whatnot. It was more about being in a certain location, being in a, okay. within a certain community. Right. So you wanted to be very local to where you live. Like you weren't looking to invest out of state. Uh, correct. Yeah, that's great. So uh, I think that's important because a lot of people... I mean, it can go either way. Some people are really into investing out of state. Some people are, are interested in investing locally. So it sounds like you were of the latter group that you want to invest where you live and like know the community very, very well. Yes, ma'am. All right. And what's something new that you learned or did during the pandemic that others might not know about you? Um, I guess tried a couple different recipes. Mm. It's- not the only thing I can think of. I continuously studied. I continued to read books. I continued to exercise and work out. Um, being in my business or being in, in property management, even though the pandemic's going on, it's not like we had quote unquote downtime or we were, were laid off. I mean, everybody has a home. Everybody has needs, rentals. We deal with a lot of rentals. We also deal with the HOA and, and the condo association world. And that's kind of what I specialize in. But the one thing, my, my one takeaway from the, uh, the whole pandemic was a lot of people were very bored. Um, we got a huge influx of phone calls that we normally don't get for people that just have nothing better to do than open up the bylaws and, and start reading through them and actually start questioning them. Um, I have an example, a, a gentleman in a townhome community that we manage called me up and was inquiring about having a basketball hoop. And being able to put a basketball hoop in, in the, the, the driveway area. 
And uh, we had a good hour long conversation about why that we, we don't allow it within the community or why the bylaws don't allow it. And at the end of the conversation, he said, thank you for your time. I appreciate it. He's like, I, ha I don't have kids. I have no desire to get a basketball hoop. I just happened to notice it in the bylaws. And I was just curious about it. So <laughs> those kind of phone calls happened. And the other funny thing is the increased amount of photos that me and my teams received of dog mess picked up exponentially because everybody's home. So everybody's got their, their phone and sees their neighbor's dog in the bathroom on the lawn so they take a picture and send it to me as we're if they're at work it didn't happen as frequently wow oh my gosh that's pretty rough i can't imagine just opening up my phone and getting a whole bunch of dog poop <laughs> pictures i mean it's we have them probably once every couple of weeks but since the, the pandemic hit it was probably two or three a week that you know i really don't understand why people don't pick up after their dogs, it's like you have the responsibility of, you know, owning an animal. Like part of it is cleaning up after them, right? Like that's pooping, being, you know, in your neighbor's lawn. Like that's not right. It's not very nice. So from what I've understood or what I've learned, it's an ego thing. People think that it is beneath them to do it so much to the point where we have cameras set up and people will actually have their dog on camera, go to the bathroom. They'll look at me, they'll wave. And then they'll turn and walk away and not clean up. Like they do it on purpose, knowing that there's, because they're within a different community or they, they don't live within that community, they're just coming from a different community. There's not a whole lot that I can do about it because there's no way that I can figure out who it is. I mean, I could go knock on doors at another community, but if I find them, then what? Wow, so it's, that... it's an ego thing, I guess. Yeah, no, I can't believe that. I, that's really unfortunate, right? It's almost like a reflection of society that people just don't care about their neighbors or, you know, have any respect for communities outside of their own. Like, oh, just because I won't get caught, like, it doesn't matter. Let me just do this, which that's really unfortunate. Um, but you said that you started trying out recipes during the pandemic. So are you a big cook? Uh, I used to be. Uh, cooking, smoking, grilling. It was something I used to be really big into until work got in the way, like, everything yeah that's fair so what would you say was something that during the pandemic you tried which was really fun or different um so truth be told i didn't get a chance to actually try it but we would find recipes and then i would go to the pantry realize that we don't have the ingredients for it so i'd go on amazon and buy the ingredients get the ingredients and then never make the recipe i'd, I'd move on like my attention span is, is so short that I would just move on to another recipe. Like oh. we now have a bunch of ingredients that I will probably never use, but oh. I have them like sumac or I actually have a dill pickle seasoning, uh, foul powder, stuff like that. Mm. I mean, sumac, I think I've used that before. I just don't remember what, <laughs> but that's one of those rare ones like za'atar is a spice that I remember. It was a mission to buy that thing because not all the supermarkets have it. Mm hmm Yeah, cool. And finally, what is your favorite quote? Uh, my favorite quote would probably be, well, somebody I, I look at for a lot of inspiration, a lot of things I do is Theodore Roosevelt. And one of the uh, sign-offs on my emails, in any moment of decision, the best thing you can do is the right thing. The next best thing you can do is the wrong thing. And the absolute worst thing you can do is nothing at all. 
Mm. Theodore Roosevelt. Yeah. Great. It's a nice quote. And so where are you currently based and where do you invest? Uh, Baltimore, Maryland. So you're, you're based in Maryland and then also invest in Maryland. Yes, ma'am. Awesome. All right. So with all of that being said, now that you've warmed up and you're ready, we're hopefully got you a little bit more comfortable. You kind of relaxed. Uh, what was your first deal? My first deal was a condo. And then, like I said, it's in one of the communities that I, I wanted to be in. And it, it's funny how it worked out because I got a phone call from a real estate agent. So let me back up in the condo world. If you're a property manager, you're, you're associated with that property and somebody goes to buy, or you're associated with that community, somebody goes to buy a piece of property, whether it be a condo, townhome, whatnot, they need to purchase a resale certificate that basically states that there's all the dues are caught up. There's no violations against the property. It's, it's free and clear to be sold from the property manager point of view. Now, with that being said, we manage the master HOA, and this was in a sub. We managed the master HOA. This was in a sub condo association, so it was the master sits on top of it. So the real estate agent called me up and said, "Hey, um, need to talk to somebody about obtaining a resale package. We're getting ready to list this unit that's in this community." So I said, "Okay." I said, "So just out of curiosity, how much are you planning on listing it for?" And she told me, and I said, all right, well, do Wait, me a favor. Before yeah. you continue, I have a question. So when you say resale package, does that mean, is it like a, a con? it's a condo, so you own and you can change everything inside of the apartment. It's not like a co-op. Yeah, so you, as long as you're following within the bylaws, yeah, you can you can change what you want. And if, if there's something on the exterior, like if you're doing new windows or you're doing a new air conditioning system, you need to file an architectural change request. Got it. Okay. Yeah, because in New York, they have uh, you can buy into a co-op or a condo, and then co-ops, it's like they have a whole board, and then you have to ask permission. But with condos, you don't need to. You just have to follow whatever the bylaws are. Oh, see, in condos here, you still, even though there's a board, you still have to get an architectural change request, and you still have to have that approved by the board. Oh, really? Yeah, but the thing is, with the bylaws, let's say that you want to get, okay, so we have a community we manage, condo community we manage, and everything's brown. All the trim on the windows are brown, sliding glass doors, it's all brown. And it actually states that in the bylaws. So when somebody submits an architectural change request that they want to get a new slider in windows, one of the stipulations we say, hey, it's got to be brown. If they come back and say, well, can you ask the board if it can be white? No, the, the, the bylaws stipulate it needs to be brown. The board can't change that. And if they install white, then we actually have the authority or the power to force them to take it out and change it to change it to brown at their own cost. Or we can take them to court and we can sue them and it becomes a, a messy thing. Right. And, you know, as um, someone that's lived in like condo communities or just in neighborhoods in general, I can almost appreciate that they have those kind of rules because there have been blocks that I've walked down and each house is so different from the one next door that you're like, what? Like, what What happened here? Like, people just don't care, right, with their homes. Um, so it's nice when the co-ops are like, 
um, condos, although it can be a pain in the butt when they have those kind of stipulations in the bylaws. All right. Um, sorry. So as you were saying, um, the agent called you up and she's like, Hey, I have this deal that I want to talk to you about. And then what happened next? So she called up and, uh, inquiring about how to get a resale package. I asked her what she was listing it for and she gave me the price. I said, do me a favor. We'll, we'll get the resale package to you, but go back to your clients and tell them that I will pay full price. Um, I can make a phone call and get the, uh, the pre-approval letter. That's not a problem. So go back and talk to your clients and find out if they will accept the full price. Cause at the time when I got it, it was right when the market was starting to heat up. So people were, were putting in 10, $15,000 over asking. So, uh, yeah, she went back to her clients. I think it might've been on a, a Tuesday. And her client said that they want to wait until Friday to see what else comes in. And nothing else comes in on Friday, they'll accept the offer. I said, fair enough. So uh, Friday, they accepted the offer. And I have a, I now have a condo. So what was the um, selling price? And why didn't you try or even want to negotiate the price with them? So the reason I didn't want to negotiate the price is because I, I knew that the prices were starting to go up. So if I did come in with a lowball offer, they could have just said you know, no or continued looking past that that Friday date. Um, I, I think I paid 160 for the condo, 165 somewhere in there, and I bought it sight unseen. And being in this in the property management world since 2005, more or less, I know what it would cost to put these things back together. So. If this, even though I bought it sight unseen, if it was completely horrific and I need to do a complete gut job, I know exactly how much money it's going to cost me to make it have it more or less or, or be able to run it out. So I knew there was no, nothing major I'd be getting into. Nothing structural. I had to worry about structural. I had to worry about waterproofing. I didn't have to worry about anything like that because that's all on, on the condo association. Oh, okay. So can you talk a little bit about that? Like, how do you you know, if someone's interested in buying into a condo, what are some things that they should look out for? Right. Because I think the 402, their biggest concern, right. As far as investing is that they have no, they don't have experience since 2005 of being a property manager. They wouldn't know if that's a good deal or not. And if they're walking into a problem. So what are some things that, you know, are a piece of advice that you could give to someone who is interested in buying into those types of properties that wouldn't necessarily have the same experience. So the first thing that I would tell anybody, and I do tell everybody that I talk to, um, I don't exactly know how it works outside of Maryland, but inside in Maryland, if you got an idea of where you want to buy or a community you want to buy into, you can actually go on on land records or you can get a copy of the bylaws. Now, not a certified copy, but just a generic copy of the bylaws and read through them. That's another reason why I was comfortable doing what I did because I knew the bylaws inside and out. Um, there, there's a lot of places where, and, and I come across it almost every day, where people buy in the units, don't read the bylaws, and their vehicle gets towed, or they get a violation letter because the dog is too big, or something happens, and the first thing they say to me is, well, I didn't know that that was an issue, or I would have never bought here. And it's like, well, you get the bylaws ahead of time before you sign on dotted line for you to review, and then you can actually kick out if you don't like what's in the bylaws with no penalty. Or they'll say, well, my real estate agent never told me that. Well, again, your real estate agent is not an attorney. It's on you to do your due diligence to, to go through all of the governing documents. 
So is uh, Maryland an attorney state? Like you guys have to have an attorney in the transaction? No. Uh-uh. Oh, okay. So it's just the agent that facilitates the transaction. Yeah, agent, title company. Um, I mean, there's a plethora of people, but when it comes to going through the bylaws, unless you personally have your own attorney to explain it to you, then nobody is, is required to tell you, hey, you need to watch out for this or that. Okay, yeah, that's a great piece of advice, and I didn't even know that you could get that those documents online readily. So, all right, you were familiar with the community, so that gave you some confidence, and then you bought it sight unseen. Like, you didn't have any concerns about what it looked like on the inside, or, you know, what, um, like, why did you feel so comfortable about buying something and, like, having... You know, you just know the area and you know that community, but you didn't actually see the property. So in these these condos, uh, so basically it, it boils down to water leaks. And the reason I say that is because every time that there's a massive water leak from either a condo or from a water heater going up or condensation line backing up, and it just runs down and floods out the units below, after you do so many of them, you could pretty much tell exactly how many sheets of sheetrock it would cost to put that thing back together if you bought it and it was just studs. You know what the carpet's going to cost if you get in there and you have you find you have to replace all the carpet. Because I've done so many of these rebuilding them, and, and they're all about the same square footage, that I, I can say with confidence, hey, if I go in there and the carpet is completely destroyed, it's going to cost me $1,200 to put in brand new carpet. Or if I want to upgrade it to pergo flooring, it's it's going to cost me, let's say, $1,900 to put in all, all pergo flooring. If I was to redo the appliances because the appliances are horrible, I can buy an appliance package for like $2,000, which would cover the, wash, the dishwasher, stove, microwave, that kind of thing. So, I mean, I put enough of these together, or, or not me personally, but dealing with the contractors whenever we have an, an accident or incident with involving a water leak or a fire, I've done it so much. If, if they come to me and say, well, the carpet's not great, I know what it's going to cost to replace the carpet. I know what it's going to cost to replace the appliances. I know what it's going to cost to have the place repainted. Right. That's why I was comfortable doing sight unseen. So then would you say for someone who's looking to start investing that they make friends with a property manager? No. And the reason being is because property managers, I mean, for the most part, they, they come, they go. Property management companies come, they go. They, and the actual managers themselves, they change. It's just like trying to, to find a connection at Verizon, right? So it's like if, if you're in a construction world and you, or you're in any, any aspect of anything and you find a good contact for Verizon that can help you out with your bill, that can help you out with your device, and then as soon as you pass that number along, that person either gets promoted fired or they quit and go to T-Mobile. So it's the same kind of thing. So I, I guess to your listeners, the best piece of advice would be is to get a hold of the bylaws, get a hold of declarations and go through them. Make sure you, you the things you're gonna wanna look for is the pets and what does it say about actually having pets? So we have one community that, and one of the communities we manage that actually says you're only allowed to have one dog or one cat or one tropical fish, period. No other animals are allowed. That's exactly how it states in the bylaws. And we we get we deal with the people that, that move in and they have 
three cats or they have two dogs. And it's like, you guys knew this moving in. And the first thing is like, well, we didn't know. Nobody told us. So it's like, who, who's that? Whose responsibility does that fall back on? So in those situations, what happens? Like, do they have to move out? Um, we can force them to get rid of their pets. Oh. Wow. Or I got okay. So you have a townhome that, st- that stipulates you are only allowed to park in your garage, and there's a two-car garage. Every other parking spot in the community is a visitor parking only, and you have somebody that buys it, and then they rent it out to. Uh, three college kids that all three have vehicles, it's two car garage and the college kids parking in a visitor spot. And I come along and tell them and they say, Hey, the landlord never told us. Or if, if you buy in the same situation, well, we were never told, even though it says visitor parking, we were never told what that meant. It's like, you've got to read the documents. I mean, if, if your listeners, their biggest takeaway tonight, read the bylaws and the declarations, find out about the parking, find out about, the um the pet situation yeah that's a great piece of advice read the documents that you are signing (laughs) um so what would you say is like if you could go back in time and do it all over again well actually before we get there what um how's it been going because you said that you purchased this rental in 2020 so how has the experience been as a landlord since then um I really can't answer that because I, I haven't been a quote unquote landlord. I, I so I, I bought the, the piece of property for specific reasons and it wasn't really to rent out yet. Um, I actually will probably be picking up my first tenant uh, probably in March, maybe if everything goes well. Oh. Oh, okay, that's fine. So then let's let's proceed to the next question then. Um, if you could go back in time and uh, redo all of this, right? Because you have extensive experience going back to 2005. Would you have done things differently as far as purchasing your first investment property? No. I wouldn't do anything anything different. Um, or would you, like... Uh, okay, maybe not you necessarily, but for someone who is interested in getting started, what would be uh, an, a piece of advice or takeaway that you'd give them if they were starting and looking to invest today? Again, if you're planning on buying something that has some kind of rider on top of it, whether it be an HOA or a condo association, read the documents, read the bylaws, read declarations. That's, that's the absolute most important piece that there is. Because that bylaws or those declarations basically govern how you're going to be living. So if you're somebody that likes to have big parties and have a grill and, and lots of cars, you know, read the bylaws and, and see what it actually says. Because in Maryland, you're not allowed to have a grill within 15 feet of the building. So if, if you have a grill and you, you buy on the second floor, well, you're not allowed to use that grill, period. Unless you're going to drag it downstairs Go 15, 20 feet away from the building, set it up, use it, and then wait for it to cool down and then bring it back upstairs. But it can't have any hot embers. It can't have any propane, any kind of accelerant in it. And that's a fire marshal code. Yeah, no, that's really particular. 
Um, awesome. So thank you so much for going into your first deal and kind of giving us some of your uh, property management stories. What is the best way for the 402 to reach out to you if they're interested or looking to invest in Maryland or if they want to just learn more about you? Um, probably my email address. Uh, I do want to clarify something. You had asked me a question a few minutes ago about Maryland being an attorney state. And I said, everybody needs to be involved. Yeah, Maryland is an attorney state. It, it just registered to me what the, the conversation, because I was trying to think about something else. But the easy way to get a hold of me would be my email, and that would be Jeremy, J-E-R-E-M-Y, at onesiders, O-N-S-I-T-E-R-S, hyphen, M-D.com. Awesome. Um, and okay, that's good to know. So 402, be wary. I mean, be careful because New York is also an attorney state. Um, and so that's just another person that has to go through and review everything and check your paperwork, which is, it can be good, but it also slows down the process when you're looking to invest. Um, but there you have it. That is Jeremy's first deal. Thank you so much for coming on the show. And that is all folks. 402. Did you learn something or take away a golden nugget? Then I'd love it if you would share this episode with a friend. And I'd really also like to talk to you about real estate on Instagram or LinkedIn. So follow me at First Deal Show. If you know someone that has an amazing first deal story, or you just want to give us the dirt on your first deal, shoot me an email at firstdealshow at gmail.com and let's get you on the show. 402, thank you so much for listening. I love all of you and I will see you next Friday.